everyone. I'm back. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through August 6th. And I'm not alone this week. Daphne is back. Yeah, I feel like I didn't podcast that much in the month of July. It was crazy month of events, but I had a really great time going to Dallas and Lake Placid. I have some tidbits to share, so I'm excited to be able to talk to you guys about that. And um, yeah, I am happy to be back on the podcast. Well, I'm glad you're back too, because then... I don't have to talk to myself. <laughs> it is, it's very interesting. I was telling people at work about that, that I did a podcast by myself and I said, I'm having a conversation with myself and they go, how does that go? And I'm like, just talking to myself. There's nothing. It's it's weird. I can't say things like, you know, Daphne, what'd you think about this? Or what did you think about that? It's just talking. So, and I did a quick one last week, but you I'm really did. excited that you're back so I can ask you everything I want to ask you about Lake Placid because I miss getting to go. And I was bummed. Um, but I was texting with you a lot and I talked to you guys your very last night, right after mm-hmm. the senior events, after you had gotten food. So I, I've already kind of chatted with you about some things, but I have more questions to ask. So. Awesome. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. The event took place on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which was not the usual. We're used to it being like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You wouldn't think that that would affect things very much, but it does at least um, logistically and in your mindset, because we're starting at the beginning of a week instead of midweek. Um, I think the dates for next year's competition are already out and it's going back to the end of the week. However, it's going to be in August. So I'm actually happy about that because I also go to the Dallas competition. And this year, I feel like there wasn't as much of a break in between the two events. And so I'm hoping that there will be more next year. Um, Well, hopefully with it being more in August, will that at least separate us a little bit more from the rugby guys, the Ironman people. (laughs) I mean, because always like Placid Ice Dance is right like on top of those two big events that have a lot of people in Lake Placid for. Um, Yes. This year we did not have the rugby folks. We did not have the end of the Ironman. We had lacrosse instead. (laughs) yeah so there were a lot of people in town for lacrosse it was not unusual to go to subway or one of the other restaurants and find 20 people ahead of you um because yeah it was much larger groups i didn't go out and about much i shot a lot of the event so other than going outside for photo shoots and i think going to Bazi's the first night and then Mito for some dumplings on the last night. I really didn't go anywhere else. I okay. was in the rink taking pictures <laughs> the whole time. Um, yeah, I don't think that 
there was there really wasn't a lot of time to run around um because this year we we focused on doing some of the solo events as well and so robin and i did the majority of the on ice photography and jordan stepped in a little bit uh, but for the most part it was robin and i and we went from like 8 a.m in the morning 8 a.m to 8 p.m 10 p.m 7 p.m like it was continuous yeah. um i really have to give a shout out though to grace in particular and then some of the other parents who kind of took care of us made sure that we ate <laughs> and um just did simple things like just grabbing us more caffeine or just were moral support it was awesome uh to get to check in with everybody but it was great to have you know that support while we were there because it was a much smaller team than i'm used to um, it was just myself and Robin for the on ice, Jordan and I for the photo shoots, and Anne was there as a journalist. And that was in itself was very last minute because she decided to go to Lake Placid, I think, two or three days before the event. So I rented an Airbnb. So we had a small condo uh, that the four of us stayed in that that was fantastic. Um, I'd love to stay there again because it uh, it had everything that we needed. And the weather while we were there, we made it through the entire slate of photo shoots without a rain now, which hardly ever happens. Wow. Even the peels? You even, always the peels. <laughs> even the peels. Even the peels. Um, and the, it was not really ever higher than 70 to 72 degrees. It was usually between 60 and 70 degrees outside, which I don't know how that happened, but I was grateful. Yeah. Um, the rink was not too cold. It was, I think, perfect, at least for me. Um, so overall, as, as a whole, the event was great. Um, I love driving to Lake Placid because I have my own route. As soon as I get off the interstate in Bethel, Vermont, I know how to get to Lake Placid without looking at anything or even having a GPS going. I've been going and using this route forever. Uh, for the first time ever, I stopped in front of the Lake Placid sign and took a picture. I never do that. But I was feeling really excited to get back there um, with all the renovations uh, having been completed just getting to see everything. I, I was just super excited. Yeah, again, like I said, we had a small team. We tried to shoot everything in the 1980 arena. I think there was one event, there was one event that we missed was the novice solo combined free dance. And I felt bad that we did not get to shoot that. But with the events running, you know, 12 to 14 hours a day, it, uh, it just wasn't possible. So we missed that one. But other than that, I think we, we photographed every single event in the 1980 arena with two photographers shooting most of the time because Gina was also, I mean, because Robin was also shooting for you, Gina, mm -hmm. it just wasn't possible for us to split things and even go to the 1932 arena. I'm hoping that next year we might be able to do that. 
had we decided to just focus on the partner dance, um, it would not have been so intense, but I just really feel it's important as we have expanded our coverage to solo to cover some of those events too, because, um, they deserve the coverage. They're working very hard and it's kind of fun to shoot solo because it's similar to singles in that you're focusing on one person, but it's also very different because it's not about jumps. It's more about the choreography and the elements related to ice dance versus, you know, singles. So I really enjoyed it. I got to photograph a few of the events. So I guess we can um, move on and start yeah. discussing the results. And okay. then now can... I was following along mm -hmm. um, and I was able to see there was videos that appear mm -hmm. online that looked like they were coming right from the camera that might've been recording for like skaters to actually get copies of their, you know, performance. Um, so it wasn't like fan cam video, but it, they appeared online. So I did get to see the rhythm dance. There were a few free dances that I did get to see. Um, but a lot of it was me going based off of, the photos that Robin was sending me and I'm going, okay, what are they skating to? Mm -hmm. What was that pro? What is the program? Um, I know a lot of people online were saying, Oh, I wish this was live streamed. And unfortunately mm -hmm. it wasn't, but I was glad I did get to see some of those videos and, um, that appeared on online somewhere. Um, I know Ava, Pate and Logan by were sharing theirs, um, their videos. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's all I got to see from it. I was going based on mostly the results because I think I I called you after the senior and I was like, okay, so did they really skate that well? Or was it really this kind of close? Or how, you know, what I was kind of just, again, basing it on what I was seeing from the score. So yeah, it was close in many cases. I think that... Um, it's pretty lucky that those videos are online. I don't know how long they will stay right, online. Yeah. So anyone who is interested should check them out as soon as possible because they could disappear at any time. Mm -hmm. Live streaming internationally is something that has become much more common, but unfortunately for us in the U.S., it seems to be disappearing um, due to the music right. I think it's music um, rights and usage. And that's sad because I had a conversation with the two Team USA skaters and we all agreed that we really need to be able to have this available for fans to watch. You right. can't really grow the sport if people are having to play find the live stream or find the videos. Like, it's a problem. Yeah. yeah. It's really important to grow the sport. One of the ways you can do that is just making it more accessible. But I know that the music rights issue has been problematic since the 2022 Olympics. And I'm just hoping that some middle ground can be found at some point because it's got to be accessible in order to draw the fans in. You can't just rely on little snippets and clips that the skaters post in their YouTube videos or their vlogs. It's got to be accessible 
It's the only way for fans to really connect with a skater or team. Right. It's, you know, it's just really crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get started first with the international. Um, at the senior level, this was the debut for Diana Davis and Gleb Smokin, representing Georgia. They were in second place after the rhythm dance, and when they posted their free dance score, I was a bit taken aback because I thought, while they skated well, I thought the score was a bit higher than I was expecting. So I'm, I haven't studied the protocols. Usually that's what Anne does. Yeah, I think it was the, I called you and I asked you about that. I was like, did they skate really, really well for that score? Mm-hmm. And you were kind of like that it was a bit high. Um, yeah. I realized right away what they skated to based on their costumes, that it was Swan Lake, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, or Black, Black Swan. 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 Yeah. Um, because the costumes really are, I think they're great for that yeah. program. Not seeing the program, I haven't seen it, but just knowing... I mean, you could tell right away what they were skating to based on the photos. Yeah, the program itself was was decent. They skated really well. I just thought it was a bit high for this point in the season and based on what they put out. It wasn't a perfect performance. And so I, I thought it was a little high. Um, but they did definitely skate very well. So Una Brown and Gage Brown finished in second place. They were in first after the rhythm dance. They had a very narrow lead, but they were in first. Uh, Ava Pate and Logan Bai finished in third. Polovetsian dances is what Ava and Logan skated to in the free dance, which is a bit of a different type of program for them because they are... I mean, while it's still character-driven in some way, it's not quite as in-your-face as some of the others that they have done. So it's a bit of a departure. Um, I appreciated it. I really enjoyed their rhythm dance, I think, more. Um, They skated to My Prerogative by Bobby Brown and Walk This Way by Run DMC. Those are two songs that I grew up with. I remember dancing to them at school dances. It's, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, And now what are Una and Gage skating to for their free dance? Do you remember? So Una and Gage skated to All By Myself. And it's by Eric Carmen, but I feel like this version had really strong piano pieces. Almost like um, it was just um, more complex was a really it was a great program they skated decently it's just that they no one was going to top the georgians but una and gage started the group off so we knew after the first couple skated you know few skated where things were gonna pretty much end up Uh, but to their credit the browns look much more like a senior team than they did last season i think that Mm -hmm. they're definitely um looking more mature i think probably the training up at ice academy in montreal is helping with that um and also the choreography like things are just a little bit different i was wondering if that might have 
played in a little bit. Yeah. Because I don't know if I was expecting them to be ahead of Ava and Logan, just, um, but I was thinking, oh, yeah, now they're spending time up in Montreal with the Ice Academy in Montreal. Mm -hmm. That's going to help them. And so, yeah, it looks like they're doing quite well. Mm -hmm. Um, already at the last season, we didn't get to see them at this competition. They were there, but they didn't compete. So I'm glad that they competed here so we can start to see how they're going to grow and develop through the season. I think the teams that competed here and even at Dallas a couple of weeks ago, it's never a bad idea to get continued feedback on your programs. And I think based on what teams did here versus in Dallas, there were a lot of changes in some cases, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, For the junior level, uh, Team USA swept the podium. Leah Nesset and Artem Markolov have never competed in Lake Placid before, so this is their first trip, so they finished first, followed by Eliana Peel and Ethan Peel, who had two of their best performances, I think, that I've seen from them because sometimes they'll have a mistake in one of the programs, but not here. They were pretty solid. Um, and having seen the programs from the back, it definitely uh, is more exciting to see things from the front, especially the expression. Um, and then it's surprising bronze medal winners, Caroline Mullen and Brendan Mullen, which we've talked about them coming back during season off. Um, due to injury, they finished in third place ahead of um, Helena Carhart and Volodymyr Hirovi. So all three of those teams on the podium did go to Dallas. So they kind of got, you know, that initial feedback and were able to work from it. If you want to talk about improvement from one season to the next, you have to talk about Harlow Stanley and Nikita Soznenko. The work that they have put in after their first season is um, incredible. They finished very low at a lot of their competitions last season. They moved up so that they're firmly in the middle of the pack now. Um, It's a vast improvement. And I think there's a lot of confidence that comes with that. I talked to them for a couple of minutes and yeah, they've just been working really hard in the off season to continue to improve as they head into their second season as a team. Moving on to championship, uh, which is a separate event, they always hold the international as um, its own thing. It's all held at the same time, all mixed <laughs> in together. In senior, we had the same podium here that we had in Dallas, but it was much closer. Um Katerina Wolfkosten, Dmitry Sarevsky, uh, edged out Isabella Flores and Yvonne Dejutov. It was a much closer, I think they were only like two and a half points between the two teams versus last last competition. It There's a contrast between the free dances, which Wolfkosten and Sarevsky have this tango program. Flores and Dejutov are using West Side Story, which is a much more emotional performance in a different way and i think the case could have been made for it to go either way in the free dance and it ended up with um wolf kostin getting the gold medal um in third place we had rafael Aconsius and alexei shepatov one thing to note they changed 
their music selections for the rhythm dance away from the Stray Cats to the Eurythmics. And I actually preferred the Stray Cats. I know that some discussion I've read where people were saying, well, it's more like rockabilly. It's more like, you know, it resembles the 50s. I grew up in the 80s. The Stray Cats were very much a part of that experience. And it's definitely, to me, an 80s selection. Mm -hmm. Um, Using the the Eurythmics also, to come along with that is a different type of presentation. It's a different type of expression that comes with it. So they're going to need some more time with that one. Um, I think it's a good program. It's just going to take some time to kind of switch things over because some of it was taken from the previous program yeah um and they weren't the only ones that change programs Mm -mm. too because i think helena and volodymyr changed too Mm -hmm. from an early competition that they did in florida so there were some changes from dallas to lake placid and Mm -hmm. as you said there wasn't much time in between dallas and lake placid to be making changes no not at all we had a week and a half basically and that's really difficult to be able to pull off. Wolfkosten and Sarevsky also changed their opening from The Promise by When in Rome to Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. And I was disappointed in that too. I understand that teams are, or skaters are encouraged to make these changes. I just really liked that they were, you know, that they chose When in Rome, The Promise, because it's more of a one-hit wonder. And it's, you know, it's it's a great song of the 80s. It's it's just a song I really enjoyed. So I was excited about that. I felt that by choosing the 80s, we were going to get this encouragement to use these pieces that are from the 80s and different and not push everyone into picking the same things. I feel like this is kind of migrating us towards that. So, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it because I really liked the original. And this is, again, not anything to do with the skaters. I get the encouragement to use. Um, but this is our podcast, you know, and we get to, t- you know, we can yeah. talk freely about what you know, decisions. Well, one thing I was going to say now that we're speaking about music, when I was listening or watching some of those videos, the music cuts, there are a lot of teams that have multiple music cuts, like three, four, um, in a rhythm dance. And to me, it was way too much. I would have preferred either one, just one music selection or two. But when you have one, two, three, and they're three different songs, I I think it was too much. And they really weren't even the same artists. So I'm like, okay, if you're doing Michael Jackson or you're doing Janet Jackson, I totally get that. If you're doing a medley and you want to do three songs from that same artist, fine. But when you're trying to do three or four with different artists that maybe they're similar styles, I I just didn't get it. So 
to me, I felt it was just too of a choppy program. I would have preferred something that was just, again, one music selection or two, three, you know, but four. There were some that were four, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, no, no, that's just too much. (laughs) Uh, You know, it kind of reminded me of a couple of years ago when Madison Hubble, Zach Donahue had uh, done a hip-hop rhythm dance, and they had a lot of music choices. But I ended up loving that program just because it brought back a lot of memories for the choices that they made. I had fun with the teams that had the multiple cuts, like, so many, like, four in a program. I had fun Mm -hmm. because I was excited to hear what was going to play next because there were so many choices. Um, I think we also had this discussion in Lake Placid about it getting a little repetitive because, you know, we had the junior teams and the senior teams and it could be kind of too much, but most competitions do not run like that. You're either going to have junior or senior. You're going to have a number of teams and I think it still works. Uh, but I get what you're saying, Gina, because yeah. I think it, it could be too much. Um, yeah, with it the just, number you of know, cuts. some of it, it just felt like some of the programs, it just didn't seem like it was one program. I felt like it was, you know, uh, four different programs because it was four different pieces of music that they were trying to, like, they were a similar style, but it was just so quick. He was like, okay, mm-hmm. one, and then we're run because... You're not talking the free dance. You're talking the rhythm dance. So it's it's yeah. shorter. Um, but yeah, you know, and maybe if I get to, you know, see that program develop more and maybe if there's a change um, to it, maybe I'll, I'll like it a little bit more. But yeah, some of those ones, I just wasn't feeling those multiple music cuts. And I know as I was up to trying to update our document online, um, I was noticing some of those music cuts had changed from Dallas. So, like, they were taking out the second selection and, you know, putting in something else. But I know the repetitive of, well, my, somebody's doing Michael Jackson, someone's doing Janet Jackson, someone's doing Madonna. You know, I'm with you on can we find something from the 80s that maybe isn't as popular as the big artists of the 80s. So something that was maybe a one-hit wonder of the 80s. I'm hoping some teams can find that. Teams who are looking to change. I'm, you know, um, because obviously we're in August. Changes can be made. We Changes were made between Dallas and Lake Placid. So there's plenty of time for changes to be made. But Or for some of the top teams who are still... Yeah, coming up with their music, maybe they can find something that isn't as widely known. I would enjoy seeing something a little different. I'm liking the 80s. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I was enjoying those programs so much on fun. my lunch break. So mu- they're so much, so much fun, fun, but I'm looking for something that's just a little different. Yeah. Somebody to come in and surprise me with something. Yeah. Um, and one thing, too, while we're still on the whole 80s thing costumes i was going on with this with danielle earl some of the skaters in lake placid really did a wonderful job with the 80s they really nailed it others not as much but it's early Mm -hmm. you know there's still plenty of time 
to develop your costume, develop your look, develop that whole, you know, appearance. Um, but the bright colors, I was seeing some bright colors. I would like to see more bright colors. Nothing against the black, but, you know, 80s and the neon and the bright colors would be wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the teams that I really enjoyed. I know Nadia Bashinska with her hair. I know that was one we were talking about. She brought the 80s look. She really in did. With her hair. You have to see it in person too. Like she oh, Okay. <laughs> man. Um and their costumes were all black, but there was a lot of bling on it. Yeah. Um they were they definitely nailed that. And the black works if you're doing like a rock yes. more metal 80s piece. Those go fine but if you're doing you know a madonna you know fun piece of music bring the bright yeah. colors bring the light colors and i want to see the hair just you know everywhere i think that um because the 80s was such a wide decade as far as music when you start you're getting the end of the disco era you get into the pop and the rock and the metal era kind of, and techno yeah. kind of winds it out. There's really oh, yeah. a lot of room for choices. And I think the expression that comes along with those choices creates an opportunity for really diverse programs. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Like, I'm not really sure. Um, we haven't seen any of the top senior teams yet. We won't for a little while. And the teams that we have seen, they probably need a little more time to just kind of get the finesse in there. Yeah. Things will progress over time. I really want to be able to go back and look at how things started and how we ended up. Because I think it's going to be interesting to watch that whole, you know, trajectory of a program. So, sorry I got off on that whole 80s thing. But, yeah, those were my thoughts of the music cuts. And then, of course, the costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking for some bright colors. But nothing wrong with the black. I'm just... Yeah. It depends on your, your music. I'm yeah. just... If you are skating to a fun piece, bring some color yeah. into it would be great. But it's also so early right now that your costume may not even be ready. And we know how a costume evolves. Ava Pate last year in her costume for the rhythm dance or for river dance for her free dance. She told us back in Lake Placid that she was still, they were still working on part Mm -hmm. of the dress and they were still doing this to the dress. So some teams were probably maybe even using last year's costumes or just a costume they had around mm-hmm. um, because they're still working on that stage and development stage of their costumes. And, and as we know, we said programs have changed since Dallas. So with program changes, your costumes change too. And you may have not had time to change a costume too. So I'm not... Um, you know, saying anything bad about the costumes. Those are just my thoughts on them. And I would look forward to seeing what the final results of these costumes are come national. Absolutely. So moving on to the junior results, uh, Yali Peterson, Jeffrey Chen finished first, uh, followed by Amy Sway and Kenny Eckert, who let me know they were added to the ISP. They achieved the score there. So they were getting monitored. Um, Olivia Illen and Dylan Kane finished in third. As far as the novice level, Jasmine Robertson and Cooper Cornwall continued their season of gold medals because they won um, the gold at novice. 
Intermediate was won by Marion Carhart and Dennis Bledsoe. They also won in Dallas. Juvenile was taken by Isabella Chang and Dylan Chang. They are siblings who skate out of Blue Edge Figure Skating Club of Connecticut. And um, just to run down a little bit of the solo that happened, uh, Senior, we did see Lucas and Brooke again go head to head. And Brooke, unfortunately, had a mistake in the free skate. So Lucas won first place. He got the gold, followed by Brooke Tufts. And Abby Mumby got the bronze. Was it the same thing that happened in Dallas, too, where Brooke won the rhythm dance and then Lucas wins the free dance and wins overall? Because that's what happened here in Lake Placid. It was this this mm-hmm. battle between the two of them. Is it's so a lot of fun because the two of them have such a great relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Solo is really not like partner dance. Um, in, so- in, in one of the ways that makes it different is solo there just there just seems to be this big support across the board for everyone like supporting each other mm-hmm. and it's fun to watch um in junior amal israelova won the gold followed by amanda urban uh novice was won by violet yan of washington figure skating club uh intermediate was won by ann arbor figure skating clubs felicia lynn and Campbell Irvin, who is the sister of Amanda, won Juvenile. So that's kind of rounding everything out. I was quickly looking at my notes. And there, one thing I did want to point out is we had a... In the Senior International, there was a costume malfunction. Angela Lee and Caleb Wine had an issue with the costume. So they had to stop and restart. And it cost them five points. Wow. And so it got me to thinking about malfunctions versus, I mean, I think when people think, I think when we're thinking about malfunctions, we're thinking about something coming off a costume. And I think in some cases, there are things that are accidents. And I think what happened to Angela and Caleb was unfortunate because it was an accident. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't something fell off. It was something that happened and unfortunately they lost a lot of points that you know it's a learning experience i mean but it's still unfortunate Mm -hmm. did you have any other questions gina because i think i went down through all of my notes no that i have i think i think i got all my questions answered and again i wish i was there um but i felt like i was connected between texting with you talking with you watching those videos keeping an eye on the scores um i know i was um posting the results for idc Mm -hmm. um as i was keeping an eye on the live scoring and i i know at the first day the live scoring for the international wasn't going right away. And I was texting. I'm like, come on, <laughs> can't they get the live scoring going? I am, I'm here home. Yeah. I need to know what's going on. Um, but they got that taken care of and that was fixed. But yeah, so I know, I think I'm good. Um, sounds like it was a great event. Bummed. I missed it. Looking forward to next year. And I hope to be there. I know so. it's going to be a big one. I'll let folks know ahead of time. Um, IDC is celebrating a milestone birthday in June of next year. We will officially turn 25 years old. So our celebration will take place in Lake Placid next year. Oh, 
Well, then I definitely have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I know we've talked a lot about Lake Placid. It was not the only competition that took place last week, Gina. No, it was busy over on the West Coast, too, because the U.S. Collegiate Championships and Invitational took place um, in San Jose, August 3rd to the 4th. And senior women was won by Ren Warren Jacobson. She is a student at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. So congratulations, congratulations to Ren. Uh, Lindsay Wang, um, student at the University of Arizona. And Bryn Roberts, University of Denver, finished second and third. Now, senior men, Michael G won the event. He attends the University of California, Berkeley. Eric Joberg finished second. He's a student at the University of California, Irvine. And Goku Endo, who attends UCLA, finished in third. Uh, junior women was won by Lindsay Beyer, of who she goes to Lynn University. And junior men, Andre Kretchuk, um, from the University of Utah. And I apologize if I didn't say his name correctly, but congratulations to all of the winners. So Silicon Valley Open was also taking place at the same time in San Jose. And we will have links to those results in our show notes. Yeah, that was an NQS for dance, but not as many of the teams went there, uh, mostly because of Lake Placid, right? Is that correct? I think so, yeah. There were teams from the novice, intermediate, and juvenile levels only that competed. Well, the Scott Hamilton Invitational took place in the Nashville area. Um, We will put a link to those results in our show notes. So National Showcase is finishing up today. It's taking place in the Performance Center West Rink in Norwood. Uh, Love that competition arena. I I really hope that Norwood gets more events just because it's so easy for me to get to. And that's kind of a selfish reason. However, it's true. I wish that there were more. Well, they do have an event next week. We'll talk about that later on. Okay. Well, one event that usually is every summer at the same time as Lake Placid is the Philadelphia Summer Championships in International. And I mentioned it last week on the podcast. That event didn't take place. Um, It looks like it was canceled. I'm not sure why, but um, everything, I saw nothing about the event, saw no live scores. So I'm not quite sure what happened there, but just letting you know that event did not take place. Again, that always is the same time as like Lake Placid or like the week after. And so it's kind of odd that that didn't happen. Yeah, it's very strange. Because that has been a yeah. long-standing competition. Well, one mm-hmm. thing that I've noticed throughout um, results that we've seen so far is the number of entries has just gone down, especially mm-hmm. at, like, junior and senior. It's it just seems lower than usual. So I'm wondering yeah. if maybe they just didn't have the registrants, although it wasn't international. Yeah, and but it wasn't an NQS, I don't think, this year. Yeah. So that might have played a role. I know the Scott Hamilton Invitational was an NQS event last year, but not this year. So sometimes that affects whether or not, you know, how many entries you're going to get or yeah. if you're able to host the event. So Yeah, Dallas Classic was not 
originally an NQS, but given the proximity of different competitions and dates and close being close to each other, they did add it. I think you just need to have, you know, a number of opportunities. Um, it's unfortunate those events were not part of it this year. So moving on to general skating news, Amber Glenn won Skating Magazine's Reader's Choice Award. That Congratulations to surprised Amber. me in a good way. I'm really happy yeah. that uh, I'm really happy with that result. So congratulations to Amber. Yeah, I like that it's somebody new. Um, yes, because we've had repeat people win that award. Yeah, so it's nice that somebody new is receiving it, and she'll get her award at nationals. Well, some sad news to pass along. Joseph Drewer has passed away. He was the 1988 Olympian with with Susie Wynn, and they were multiple um, U.S. medalists. So um, sending our condolences to Joseph's family and to Susie as well. So U.S. figure skating CEO Tracy Merrick was named to Forbes 50 over 50 lifestyle list. Well, we're getting closer to Skate America, two months away, so single session tickets are now on sale for Skate America. The entries for the second Junior Grand Prix in Linz, Austria have been posted. This event will include pairs. The women's roster includes Gia Shin, who of course is the 2023 World Junior Silver Medalist. Also includes Ms. Sol Kwan of Korea, who was fifth at Junior Worlds. It will be the JDP debut for Haruna Murakami of Japan. This is going to be her debut in singles because she has competed, of course, in pairs, making the JGP final last year. In the men's event, Naoki Rossi of Switzerland, who was second at Junior Worlds last year, is going to be making his JGP debut for the season. Hyungyung Kim of Korea, who was sixth at Junior Worlds, also highlights the men's roster. In dance, Germany's Daria Grimm, Mikhail Savitsky, along with Eliana and Ethan Peel and Caroline and Brendan Mullen will be competing at this event. Mullins, this will be their JGP debut. Ashley Slatter and Adel Ange Perez of Great Britain, as well as the new team of Chloe Nguyen and Brendan Zhang of Canada. Uh, they'll make their debut, but of course, Brendan has competed on the JGP for a couple of seasons. In pairs, we have uh, a debut for Olivia Flores and Luke Wang. Um, There are lots of pairs on this list with limited international experience. Well, the deadline to apply to become a volunteer for Autumn Classic is coming up soon. Applications are due before August 14th, and Autumn Classic is a challenger event this year, Mm -hmm. taking place up in Montreal. Kaori Sakamoto has been selected as a finalist for the 2023 Sportswoman of the Year Award. Voting concludes on August 8th. Well, Gracie Gold's book cover has been unveiled. The book, Out of Shape, Worthless Loser, is due out on February 6th, but it is available to pre-order, and we'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, And finally, um, Pirouette World Edition Figure Skating Magazine has launched a Kickstarter. So Pirouette is a German figure skating magazine that's been around for the last 55 years. But you guys may have noticed that print magazines are 
really struggling and many have gone out of business. So a group of folks who work with Pirouette have a vision to create a timeless English German magazine that's published once or twice a year with exclusive in-depth interviews, features, and stunning photographs. They intend for it to be a keepsake for everyone who loves figure skating. And in the age of online publications, a print magazine is something really special. And I have to agree with that. Um, most of the online materials are quickly forgotten. So they're really looking to create something that's long lasting. And they decided to start a Kickstarter. Um, their biggest challenge is to produce the magazine within a rather short time to cover all the costs. I believe the Kickstarter campaign, it's like $6,000 is what um, they've benchmarked. That's not an outrageous amount of money to put together a magazine. I think they're being very modest with that. Um, they believe that their journalists, photographers, and folks involved with the creation of the magazine need to be paid fairly for their work. And in this age of the Writers Guild of America and the SAG-AFTRA actors strike, I couldn't agree more. Um, so they're asking folks to contribute whatever they feel uh, works for them to help support this effort. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasm and experience and they put together a lot of information the way that they created the Kickstarter. It's very well written. It's, I think it speaks for itself. There's a video there as well. Um, so we'll link to that Kickstarter in our show notes so folks can contribute if they're interested. I think it's a cool project. Uh, Tatiana Flade, who has been a journalist for a mm -hmm. long time, is one of the people who is behind this uh, undertaking. And I wish them good luck with this project mm -hmm. because it to me, it seems like it's like a yearbook almost like they're putting together something that is only going to come out a couple of times a year and they're trying to make it something that's extra special. Yeah. Well, moving on to recent articles and interviews, golden skate has an article with Japan's Kashiro Shimada about his goals for the 2023, 2024 season. U S figure skating has an article on Ren Warren Jacobson and how she is thriving while balancing both college and skating. Well, I think she's doing a good job since she just became <laughs> the collegiate champion. Yes. <laughs> and Golden Skate had another article that came out, I think, yesterday, August 5th, a new chapter for Hungary's Pavlova and Savichenko. For social media updates, Lou Koch and Alexander Buchholz are announced as a new Ice Dance team. And well, <laughs> Gina, I this next piece of news I thought might blow up the internet. <laughs> well, I kind of when I saw this piece of news, I was like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> but if you did not see. Yuzuru Hanyu announced he's getting married or is already married. The translation sounded like he was, was getting married. Yeah. I don't know. Or already married. I Depending on what article you translated, mm -hmm. it had a different, you know, um, tense. Mm -hmm. But I, I, 
didn't wasn't expecting that news. If you um, <laughs> if you didn't have that on your bingo card for the season, you weren't the only one. Uh, this was a huge surprise, but you know we both wish Hanyu the very yes. best um, in his future. He has been an icon for our our sport for the last fifteen yes. years, and it's you know it's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. Everything that Hanyu has accomplished in the last, like, 12 years has been pretty incredible, and he deserves to have some time yes. to himself. Yes. And I just want to know who the lucky person yes. is um, that is, you know, getting to marry Yuzuru. Um, and I'm hoping fans are not totally crushed by it. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping they are <laughs> happy for him and not totally crushed by the news yeah hopefully they will respect him and his privacy based on the message that he released with this announcement he was asking for their continued support as they have supported him throughout his career so i hope that they'll continue to do that yeah so program announcements will be added to our page there's a whole bunch from our uh lake placid event so those should be added soon. And so let's transition to upcoming events for the week. Gina, what do we got? As I told you, there's going to be an event at the Skating Club of Boston. It is the Cranberry Cup and Cranberry Open. So the Cranberry Cup is the ISU International. And we already saw the rosters come out for that. And then the Cranberry Open is the domestic event. And that is not an NQS event, just a, you know, um, club competition basically and again august 10th to the 14th at the skating club of boston and i believe robin is heading that way oh my um, goodness hoping she is <laughs> we we emailed over to um the skating club of boston and they're looking forward to welcome welcoming her back because she's been before um so i hope her plans haven't changed but yes she's Back on the West Coast right now, but I think she's heading back to the East Coast this week. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so she just did <laughs> Dallas. She did Lake Placid. She went to Collegiates. And now Norwood? Frequent flyer miles, Robin. <laughs> Frequent flyer miles. It's interesting that you said that they're ready, getting you know excited to welcome her. We felt incredibly welcomed at Lake Placid. Um there were a couple of folks, Morgan and I believe it was Megan, that made sure that we got, we had everything that we needed. Um, Anne is going to be doing a special piece or part of her. You'll just have to check out Anne's take on the Lake Placid event to learn more about some of the things that she did while she was in Lake Placid at the Olympic Center. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of our plan content. Gina, can you let folks know where to find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com. And as Daphne said, we'll be updating the program announcement sections uh, this week. I did a little bit while Lake Placid was going on. I was using Shazam um, with some of the videos. And so I was changing programs in there. So as things get changed, you know, if, Skaters change programs. We're changing it on our site too. Yes. Social media. We are on 
Twitter? Do you even call it Twitter? The site formerly known as Twitter, I guess, <laughs> or X, whatever it is. It's at this week in, or this WK in skating for that site. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. And we're also on threads um, trying to promote um, stuff there as well. So make sure you're checking us out there too. And we love your feedback or your questions. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support we've received via email and social media. Gina, I got to meet Beverly. You did. I did. Our listener, Beverly, was at Lake Placid, and she came over and introduced herself. And even more than that, I sat near her during some of the events, so she and I were able to talk a little bit about some of the skaters and the programs. And we also, um, I met Mitzi, who I hope is listening to this, a really, really sweet lady, that I talked to about some of the competitors that she didn't know and just shared some information and shared information about our podcast. So I'm hoping that she is out there listening as well. She was really sweet. And I think she and Beverly forged up a little friendship as well. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, well, Mitzi did send us an email. So she must have found us somehow. You must have did a good job of promoting it. And Beverly has been listening to us since probably the beginning. I know I met Beverly back in at Skate America in Norwood um, last year and then ran into her at San Jose as we were getting on our flight. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad you got to finally meet her. Um, she is a great supporter of our podcast. So very cool. Definitely. Uh, yes, Mitzi actually admitted to being a podcast junkie. So I loved that about her already. (laughs) Okay. So then she is hopefully listening to this. So this week, because this is an extra long episode of This Week in Skating, we are going to skip the mailbag, and we'll be back with it next week. So we're going to end the way that we always do, which is shining a lens on some of the work that we're doing on our individual websites. Uh, Over at IDC, I have uh, Lake Placid, Lake Placid, Lake Placid coming. (laughs) Lots of photos have been added, lots more to come. Anne's take should be up probably later this week. I've also got some more interviews that I'm going to be posting for the new team series uh, and some solo dancer profiles as well, like an introduction to that. Uh, if you are a junior or senior team, please visit IDC so you can update your profile for the season. If you're a new team, create your profile because we like to share the information on all of the teams there so that any fan who is interested in learning more about you is able to find it easily. So check it out. Head over to IDC. Well, over at FSO, it's also Lake Placid, Lake Placid, Lake Placid, I guess. But I should be getting some collegiate photos coming this week, too, because as we said, Robin went from Lake Placid home to San Jose, so... She didn't have to go anywhere for collegiates, um, but she did go and take some photos there. So I should have collegiate photos as well. And again, I'm working on skater websites too. So hopefully those will be, I hope to have one coming here real soon and then one within the next few weeks. So 
Yeah, it's a busy time as we gear up for this season. The internationals have started, and now we have even more. A few weeks away from a JGP. I know. I'm not ready, (laughs) but I am. I'm excited. I'm excited for the skaters to get out there and put out their performances because this is the start. And then we'll follow them throughout the year. And so we get to do that. I get to do that with Ice Dance on IDC. But I also get to do it with all of the skaters through our podcast as we go through the season. And again, this is our second season of This Week in Skating. And we Mm -hmm. will continue to bring you everything that we can um, Mm -hmm. over the next 12 months. With that, we've reached the end of another episode, though, Gina. We have made it through. This is a longer yes. one. Um, Thank you for coming back and joining me on this. <laughs> I missed it. You know, having a week away, it's really cool because it gives you a chance to miss something. And I miss being able to podcast, so this it was fun to get back and do this again. We would like to thank you all for listening to This Week in Skating and your continued support. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week!